Hey guys, welcome to... Dang it. Okay, I'll cut this. I'll keep recording. Um, so here's what happened is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Here's What Happened. I'm Nisha, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Hi guys. Hey. So, yeah. Um, let's get things started. I just realized you just said, hey, you did not oh, say you your didn't name. Oh, you didn't hear? Oh, I, 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 oh, sorry. No. I think I called my name. Oh. You're fine. <laughs> oh, well, well, now y'all know. It's Nisha and Carolyn, so it's all good. Um, but yeah, so y'all may be wondering, why is there another episode this month? Well, we have decided, again, to mix things up. And moving forward, we are going to do our best to do a one dedicated review episode each month on top of doing our traditional episodes. So that means if me and Carolyn want to take one dedicated episode to talk about maybe there's a book we both read, a movie we both saw, or TV series we're both very invested, but instead of us recording a two-hour-long episode that we have done in the past, (laughs) (laughs) we've decided it would be best and more time-efficient of us if we just dedicate um, a bonus episode Mm -hmm. each month. So... And this is what we're doing. And for this episode, we are reviewing to all the boys. Um, P.S. I still love yes. you. So yes, this is a sequel to to all the boys I loved before, which starred Lana Condor and Noah and Centineo, and they also come back in this movie with their leading roles. And the additional person who comes into this movie is Jordan Fisher. So I'm just going to give you guys the brief synopsis of it. Lara Jean is officially Peter's girlfriend, so everything should be perfect, right? But feelings grow complicated when an old crush re-enters her life. That's very brief. It's straight from Netflix. But me and Carolyn are going to get into it on this episode. So... Yes, first we are. First. This one is yes. Uh, well, I guess you can tell from my tone of voice. I wasn't feeling very eh about it. Like I watched it today, mm-hmm. um, and I'll be honest, guys. Like you know, I'm always 100 percent honest about my feelings for the film. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. kind of meh about it. It was there wasn't anything special or different about it. I think it felt even it left yes. it left an even small impression on me than the first one I really liked the first one it was very sweet and mm-hmm. felt different this one just felt very basic and I'm wondering I'm not sure what it is I, it just feels very traditional it, you know what it feels like it feels like a traditional rom-com yeah. teen rom-com from like the 90s I think part of it is like, I don't know what it's called and maybe we can coin the phrase on this show, but like, it just suffers what happens to, you know, some sequels. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the first one. And then like sequels are, ta- are yes. hard when it comes to like building up when you have to go off of the last movie. It's nothing. And I don't think it's anything to do with the cast or like the acting. Like I think the, the actors were great in it again. But yeah, it just didn't hit me as hard as the first one did in my feelings. But it's it still has some moments. I will say the things I appreciate about this one the most is that you get more time with Lara Jean. Yes. Lana Condor's character without no without um not Noah but without Peter Peter there. So and I say that because like I think for those who may not know, Lara Jean, she is 
a hopeless romantic. She sent, she wrote all these letters that she had crushes on these boys too, and she had never had no intentions of ever sending them to him. She just decided to write them so she could get her feelings out and get over her crushes on them. In the previous episode, not episode, in the previous um, film, her little sister mails all the letters out. That leads to a lot of chaos for Lara Jean um, and the aftermath of that where you know what just go and watch it but just know it leads to her and Peter Kavinsky the boy she wrote a letter to and was friends with when they were younger to dating eventually so I think I don't know I just I agree with you it's not as hard hitting like it definitely got me in my feelings a little bit towards the end but throughout the majority of the movie I was kind of like meh but I also sometimes have to feel like well you know what I mean these children these actors actors are not teenagers they're young adults like I think all these kids in this movie are like 20 something Mm -hmm. um but I'm 28 and then I realized this when I watch movies about high school movie like high school romances like how should I put this like I just don't it don't hit me the same way as when I was younger and watching movies about high school romances. Maybe I'm just too old. Well, for I'm this. older than you, and I feel the same uh, way. It's like even like reading romances, or even right? when I read um, fan fiction, or watching mm-hmm. like my Asian dramas. I can't really watch the shows that are centered around like high school, and I can't. Right. Like, I can watch like the college just, university ones and read like college mm-hmm. like not even something's even college but mostly like, like university and up like fan fiction and drama but I can't watch them and it's like and I don't think it's that we're older necessarily it's just but yeah it probably is that we're older because a lot of the, the situations that happen we're like this is such a silly thing to do and then we're like and then you think was right. it ever really this it's- stupid was it ever really this immature but when you think about it <laughs> that is the one thing I do appreciate the movie because then I think about like oh. did I ever have this problem when I was talking to boys like the answer to the solutions in the movie that we think of like just tell them how you feel and then it's just like just tell him how you feel though and eventually like going oh back to it when you think about it, like okay this is a child yeah. these are children so there's no these are these are babies so but it's true but I'm like okay it's true but we still really enjoyed the first um, to all the boys like I really and I read the book I read the first right. to all the boys book I read that one and I watched the film and I really enjoyed both mm-hmm. so I don't know this I, I can tell you that the first film was directed by a woman um and mm-hmm. this let me I wanted to say her name um so the first one was directed by Susan Johnson, and it was written. The screenplay was mm-hmm. written by Sofia Alvarez, and well, the, and as you know, the novels are written by Jenny Han. And then mm-hmm. for this second one, it was directed by a man, um, Michael. Oh, hold on, my thing blanked out. I'm swear to God, technology hates me. I think it's Skynet. Um, so this second film, um, To All the Boys I Love, P.S. I Still Love You, is written, it was directed by Michael Fimonari. And again, the screenplay was written by Sophia Alvarez. And now they have a second co-writer, Jay Mills Goodlow. And so it's mm-hmm. interesting that you have the same writers, but different directors. And you do notice a difference in the tone. Like there were a lot of direct, uh, directorial changes that didn't make sense. Um, 
sorry, ch choices that were made that didn't make sense to me. Like there was a lot of music mm. that played at times the music didn't need to be played, especially when you're only gonna play like two, three lines or just the intro to the song. Like, but what's the point of this? Um, and and then there was like mm. some editing choices, and then there was this scene with Flower Jean close to the end where she's going through a hallway after her spoiler, her and Peter break up, and she starts singing. I'm like, what is this? A musical all of a sudden? What, what, what is going on here? <laughs> I didn't think that was random. I was just like, well, maybe because like it's not unnormal because like similar to the first movie, it's not abnormal for her to just like have all these imaginations going on through her head. So I just figured, yeah, this is just like her, like how she's like going through the day. But it did kind of like throw me off. I'm like, she about to break out. I full thought song, that's what was gonna. I saw her, and then the people in the background were gonna start dancing. I'm like, is this gonna turn into a musical number? I'm like, what is happening? It's so mm -hmm. random and so weird, and it doesn't fit the film. But as you said, she has like a lot of the film. The dialogue is her internal monologue, and there are moments when she has her imagination that mm -hmm. she imagines something happening, and then it doesn't happen. That's normal, but like her, the camera facing her, like it's breaking the fourth wall. She's singing to the audience, mm -hmm. and it's like you can tell she's on like a. A, a conveyor about thing and like she, the camera is moving with her and she's moving towards us and then like everything's going in the background and then I thought for a moment I'm like okay they're going to break out in song and I'm like this legit makes no sense what is going on here so many things happen that doesn't fit with the film with the story that we know like what we saw from the first film and I think that's what happens when you switch directors and then it's also like the fact that they change from a female director to a male director like that's I remember when I saw that announcement on Twitter I was like I was like, Netflix, what are you doing? Why would you switch to another another director? And a white man, I'm like, could we could 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 you have gone with like maybe an Asian woman to direct? That would have been great. Cause and there was a and there was a thing and I noticed there's a difference because in the in the very in the first half, like she goes on first with Peter and she walks through the house with her shoes on. I even tweeted about it. I'm like, why is Laura Jean wearing shoes indoors? Like, no. First of first, she's supposed to be Korean. They don't wear shoes indoors. And it was established in the first film. Like they were very careful in the first film to show certain cultural norms for uh, for Koreans and Korean Americans. They do not wear shoes indoors. And she's wearing shoes indoors all up to her bedroom. I'm like, what is going on here? Hmm. I did not notice that, but you know what? Now that I do remember, like, in the first one, that was a thing. So, like, that's just, like, a continuity yeah. thing, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just, it didn't hit me as hard as the first one. And I just, like, there's multiple things I could, like, voice on it. Part of it, like I said, maybe it's just, like, I just didn't feel, like, the romance so much. I'm also one who is just kind of tired of the love triangle. Mm -hmm. But I know that is a huge thing in romance movies, so like I can't fault it. So I really did. I was excited to watch this movie, but it's like it's just like it just didn't hit me all the way through all of it. Like at the same time, I do. But um, to my one point, the thing I did like is like the time we got with Lara Jean alone mm -hmm. more because like no shade to Peter, but like now we're like we are seeing things more from. Laura Jean's perspective as she is now someone's girlfriend and her whole thing is that she's having doubts about like I hope I'm good at it um, and like it's the relationship is new like I guess the time frame from this is like literally a, a week after they started dating in the last yeah. movie so a lot of time has not passed um, so that's going on they she's like obviously there's like seeds of doubt that are sown in to her through Peter's ex um, who just feels the need to make Laura Jean feel like she's not enough and 
like you see that with Laura Jean's like, you know, fourth wall, not like she's talking to the audience, but like fourth wall experiences where she's imagining things like her and Peter are about to make out in the car. And all she can think about is that Peter's girlfriend was in this car. Peter, this, this is where he made out with his ex. This is, and he's probably had sex with his ex before. And, and all, and like all these thoughts are going through her head. And I mean, like I think about like, yeah, that's a teenage girl's probably thought process. And I'm sure like in, being an adult woman or even like any person when you're dating someone, people think about that at some point but I do think it's like because Laura Jean is 17 going on 18 or whatever and she's never been in a relationship so these are all new feelings for her and I feel like it's a bit of imposter syndrome that she's dealing Mm, with dating someone who's one very popular and two date with dating being being in a relationship being a very new thing for her so and like when you throw in the high school bullshit too I feel like that is like another layer so I did like it's the whole thing with like I don't know how to act I don't know should I dress up for your games or like this so like that when they're like having their first like argument as a couple and it's like y'all are like this is all very like high school stuff and like he's he's upset because John Ambrose the other boy that got who received a letter when she had a crush on him he's he's jealous because well it makes it look like i didn't help you put this together he's like you didn't it was I my know, idea I, that, with john that, that ambrose made, that argument <laughs> made no sense to me it it made no sense because she didn't even tell john ambrose to bring I pizza know, and it's like uh so what was she supposed to do, turn it down <laughs> really does right so he's just jealous and i'm like i get it because like again y'all are high school children i'm like and this is sweet and adorable but this is again when i'm so grateful that i'm older and I don't deal with it, and I don't have to deal with this stuff. It's just like, talk about your feelings, children. So, but I did appreciate the moments of Laura Jean feeling that self-doubt, mm-hmm. and then realizing, I mean, it's not, I don't, yeah, because I, w- I don't want to call it jealousy, but I do think it's it's a kind of like a form of jealousy, and then also imposter syndrome, where she's dealing with this whole realization that all of my first with him won't be his first. Right. And that is causing her to have some doubt. And then with the stress of Peter being so popular and like all these other girls having crushes on him, she's starting to doubt herself. And that is starting to form. And and they're like in their junior or senior year. So they're starting to like drift apart because of school stuff, like with their own ambitions and their own things that they are trying to do. but, But you're trying to navigate the world as a couple. So it's a lot for anybody. But in high school, I just feel like like adding on that layer of bullshit <laughs> makes it harder for them. Uh, but then you have her moments with John Ambrose, and it all seems all great on the other side because you're not with him 24-7. You're not at school with him, and you don't know his past. You don't know if he's been with another girl. You don't. So it's like she's already thinking, like, well, things just seem so easier when I'm with someone who's mm-hmm. not Peter. And it's like, it's not that it's not Peter. It's just like you don't have that same relate. They don't. You don't have that information about those people. And though, and that you're not as close to them, so it's easier to fantasize about something being better or easier. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting to see that dynamic from her. But the only thing that was missing from that is I, it, I thought it was where, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe I missed the scene, but I thought it was where she didn't talk to her older sister Margot about that because I, it's, yeah. it's weird that she didn't call Margot and say I need some advice on like you know what I mean like and. And, and yeah, because in the first one that was big about Margot get, being able to give her yeah. advice, and even um, um, who was it? What's his um, 
No, not what's his name. The, the it was other like, guy. Yeah. She even has a moment. Yeah, she even has a moment where she just wishes her mom was there so she could have someone right. to get get advice from because Margot's not available. But I think like Margot kind of left her with the whole like you should just break up, don't even get in a relationship for college kind of mm-hmm. thing. But it's like even that gets resolved in the last movie, right? It's just it, so it's just yeah the whole thing like I I feel like I would have liked it better if Margot got I, some more time with her because I really did like the sisters yeah bond. It, it, it it did get kind of formulate in the fact that they presented basically the fairy godmother trope trope with like one mm-hmm. of the older actors um, and that was played by is that Blythe Tanner no um, mm. Holland Taylor. Right, she played um, oh, yes. an older lady, uh, old, older lady that Lara Jean was working with at the nursing home that she volunteered mm-hmm. at, and she's basically like the whole fairy godmother. They even do the whole ballroom thing where she puts on the blue ball gown and dances. Yeah. I was like, this is so cheesy. I'm like, how many times that. have we been here? <laughs> how many times have we seen this in a coming of age rom com? Like, please, could, like, did we need to? Did did we really need to? I know it's like in the book, but it could have been done differently. I don't know. I'm just tired of that trope. I'm like, yes. She, I mean, and they even had to make it blue. Like, did like, it really have to be a blue ball gown? Did it? <laughs> did it really? And they went outside and danced in the snow. No girl is going outside to dance in the freezing cold in a in a chiffon dress. No, not doing it. They just really wanted to hit this over the head like it's a fairy tale. Get it? It's a and fairy she- tale. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's cute. I mean, I'm one for, like, cheesy romance things, like, you know, 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink. And, like, things, like, but it's, this one was a little bit too much. much. And I think it's also that thing where, again, I'm going to say it, it's like, when it's, when this new generation of, like, teenagers and stuff, like, these kind of movies, like, rom- teenage rom-com things, try to do something that's nostalgic from like the 80s or 90s I don't feel like it always hits well yeah because it comes off as really cheesy and but instead of like make make your own and, and again again this might be boiled down to the fact that this we are older but the fact is the books were written mm-hmm. by Jenny Han when she was older and then like she would have mm-hmm. seen these kind of things on screen so this is nothing that she hasn't seen and then for her to put it in a book um and then for it to be made into a film is like repeating the same tropes over and over and for a film that's for a film on a storyline that's supposed to be based in like realism like it's not like a fantastical like Cinderella story or whatever it's like based on it's like it's weird to have these kind of situations that are tropes and it's like maybe it's because I went to an all-girls school I didn't have these experiences but I worked I volunteered at nursing homes Mm. there was never any kind of balls like that no one encouraged me to dress up in a ball gown or go and dance outside. Like, I live in Canada. No girl is going outside to dance in the freezing cold, in the snow, with a guy. She'd be like, nah. I mean, we had, pr- I mean, our prom, yeah. That's like, that's what prom was. But this isn't the prom. This it, is them, like, yeah, volunteering like at a, the senior like center. A, a ball, or a, a random ball at the senior citizens, at the senior citizens home. Really? No. Um, but again, it just felt weird. And it also felt she didn't talk to her Margot. And then there was a whole thing with the little sister making, uh, it's the little sister mm-hmm. doing the same thing again, where she got involved in people's <laughs> right. business. And it's supposed to be dropped off. It's supposed to be, oh, this is all cute. I'm like, no, you're invading people's privacy. You need to stop. I think it would have been cuter if we got more time because it felt like that relationship with the dad and the Mm -hmm. neighbor was already budding. Like it was already like there. 
So I feel like I honestly wish we had actually gotten some time to see more of that develop versus like just snapshots of it. I know they're not the main yeah. part. But I just feel like it's one of those things where like you just get checked you check in and check out yeah. of it. I, I didn't mind how that I didn't mind how that developed. So like, like as again, as you said, they're not the main couple. And we did get little snacks because we saw mm-hmm. them at dinner, we saw them holding hands. That was cute. But again, it's the little sister, and I'm mm-hmm. like, just butt out of people's business, girl. Just kitty, mind your <laughs> own business. She feels like she just knows, like, I'm a great matchmaker now. I'm like, girl, you got lucky and, once. Yeah, you got lucky, and like, you got real lucky her once. sister and her dad is like two completely different situations. These are grown adults. Like, mind mm-hmm. your business, little girl. You yeah go, go play on Twitter or Instagram kind of like no like, I I I I hate that when people <laughs> do that in like TV shows and films because I'm like most kids don't care less who their parents are dating unless the person is like causing issues for them personally they'd be like if my dad is happy so what they're, they're too busy interacting with their friends on social media or playing or worried about schoolwork they're not uh, making like Valentine's cards or trying to set their parents I'm like. No, just stop it. Again, this is another trope from, like, the 80s and the 90s that needs to die. I mean, it's parent trappish. Again, 80s and 90s. It's kind of... Yeah, right. (laughs) I think it was cute, but I just think, like, yeah, this little girl didn't have anything to do with them getting together. Like, you just, like... like, It's like they have nothing for her to do. It's like, unless she's butting into people's business, this is Mm -hmm. a character that serves no purpose. When you really think about it. Right. I did like that... Um, Lara Jean recognizes that her dad lo- is this, like is really interested in her yeah. and the neighbor, and like even helps him like with inviting her over to fake setting. I thought that was cute because again, like the mom's been yeah. dead at this point for a few years, so it's kind of like this thing where I like they, I'm. It's it's weird. I think it shows that they've all gone through their grieving process, so it's now they are fine with the dad moving yeah. on. They didn't have to have the scene where, like, they hate mm. her. They didn't have to have, the like, the whole, like, no, dad, you deserve to be happy, too. It's like, or no, you bringing this new woman into our house and you're replacing mom. It's like, I'm glad they didn't mm. do that unnecessary drama when it could just be as simple as, like, the girls wanting their dad to be happy and realizing that he's ready to move on after their mom and his wife have died. So that's a very mature thing. <laughs> So I'm I'm glad it went that way versus I mean like I haven't read the books but I'm 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 pretty sure that's probably the intention they had in the first place for it. Um but yeah, that was it was a nice little it was even a B plot. It was like a very small small yeah, thing. I like I like um, the dinner scene too. That was nice. And like those yeah, kind of interactions like the, with like Kitty and her dad, those I like. But the whole buddy into people's business mm-hmm. and like trying to play matchmaker, like does she not have friends her own age? And that's something that we don't see. We <laughs> don't see Kitty talking about or interacting with kids her own age. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't like it's. She's not even like really a main character, so we're probably not gonna know, see that. But like, still. Just for the fact of just like, eh. but still, there's but did, no mention. That was the thing I was gonna yeah. say. That was like that reminds me of something I was gonna say. Um, do you think it was weird that Laura Jean didn't? I mean, she was trusting the older lady at like the nursing home as someone to be mm-hmm. a confidant. But I just kind of wish, like, why aren't you talking about this with your best friend? Why aren't you talking about this? Like, of course, we already talked about how she didn't have she didn't talk about it with Margot. But like, I feel like if she had talked about it with her yeah, best Chris. friend, if she had ta- she was she started talking about it with the other character at the party, like she, who's also her friend. But it was just like, 
I wish you talked to somebody who was a teenager your age who could reassure you because this older woman while she's like you know wise and everything she's encouraging you to be like well some of my love affairs overlap with one another ma'am she's a child she needs to figure out her feelings and why she has self-doubt and really it could have been a simple that could have been simply solved with her talking to her best friend and trusting her like hey i just feel like i'm gonna lose peter i'm scared this is gonna end or i'm also scared that i'm not enough for him and very quickly could have been reassured you're definitely enough. We're in high school. Just enjoy the re- just enjoy it in the present. Because I think that's also another thing that keeps coming up in the movies like no one really stays together in high school. Mm. So that's like all these things of doubt are ringing in her head cuz John Ambrose says that like in passing cuz she doesn't tell John Ambrose right away that her and Peter are dating. And she didn't think she was going to, but then like she keeps getting cut off or whatever. But it was just like one of those things that like, oh, they didn't know they were dating. He didn't know they were dating until like the party when they all when they show up in person. And then she realized this is this was a terrible idea. I should have told him I was dating Peter. Yeah, you should have. Um, But I just I really wished she had gotten that. Um. Which I guess she kind of gets that through. What's the girl's name? The Peter's Jen. ex. When she finally Jen went because spoiler, y'all know what kind of show this is. It comes out that uh, Laura Jean's best friend takes a picture of Peter talking to Jen after they had just like had a hug, and it's because Jen is talking to Peter about her parents breaking up and getting and, and getting a divorce. So that the the picture looks like they're having a very intimate moment Mm -hmm. like a romantic intimate moment when really they were just talking and he she was like confiding in him because apparently this is something they can relate to i believe peter's parents are divorced also so this and then another thing shocker that gets revealed here which i was kind of shocked this is the part that was a twist for me it turns out in the previous movie when peter's waiting in the hot tub Laura Jean thought he was waiting there Mm-mm. for her. And then it turns out that he wasn't waiting there for her. He was waiting there for yeah, Jen. Yes. And that's and that's how Jen took the video because she Laura Jean figures it out. It's just like, wait, how did she know I was there? How does she know we were going to be there? It's because she was going, she was coming to meet you there. Yeah. But I got there first. So if I had never came there to meet you and we made out in the hot tub, we would have never became anything. Mm -mm. And it's just like, yeah. And you think that's something Peter should have told her at some point. I just like, that was when I was shocked. I'm like, wow, that is crazy. And I mean... I think uh, some feet, just like some background information on Peter and his ex is that Peter and his ex were on again, off again. Jen was very like, not emotional. I mean, I don't want to say abuse because I don't like throwing the word abuse, but she, she was very, she used his time. Manipulative. Thank you. That's the word. She was very manipulative of him emotionally. So breaking up on and off again. And Peter finally says like, I want to, I'm just done with her. But then he realizes, no, I do want to be with her. So Laura, Laura Jean and him come up with a plan to make her jealous so he can get back with her. But they fall in love, blah, blah. Um, but it seems like Jen always goes crying to Peter. 
when something goes wrong yes. and I, confides in him and stuff, which is not fair to him. And it's also very disrespectful to Laura Jean. But I also feel like I get when you've had a relationship with someone and you trust them and you both know so much about each other and you have this very intimate, trusting relationship with one another. But it's not fair to either of you to keep going back and forth to that person when you feel when you need to confide in them in something because that's like overstepping boundaries but that's and it's making the person feel like they boundaries. always have to be there for you mm-hmm. and he doesn't and i feel like the boy needs to learn how to set those boundaries with her i mean it's great that he was there for her for her to talk to about this but also here she is like basically telling Laura Jean she's gonna get fat like insulting her and saying like oh yeah Peter took you there that must have been so nice or oh get ready I got this from from Peter for Valentine's Day I'm sure he's gonna do the same for you like all this cattiness to Laura Jean but you're using but you want to talk to Peter in a very like trusting and intimate relationship like that don't make sense and it's manipulative because you're here you are and it's like she comes to the realization that Peter loves Laura Jean. Like he doesn't want to be with her anymore because all he talks about is Laura, is Laura Jean. So, yeah. Um, sorry, I know I rambled there for a second. But yeah, that was kind of shocking. That scene was shocking to me. I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, you didn't realize like, that that was in the first minute because remember they had texted each other when they were in the hotel, um, um, hotel room and she was going to yeah. go down and meet him. And Laura well, Jean turned to and like, misread the whole situation. And it was like, mm, well, he was just like, well... And that right. really doesn't endear to him because he's basically so any girl that shows up, he would have gone with. Which, I, if it was me, I would have been like, you know right. what, Peter, you ain't shit. Right. I do remember the whole like that part in the movie prior with them having that relationship and like being still like talking to each other like that and her being able, trusting in each other to talk on that level. But it's the whole um, we find out that Jen is most likely the person that records the video and she posted it. But Peter's like, well, we don't know if it was her. But I'm like, no, we know if it we know it was and her. even we after he finds the thing her. is, is with him, he like never tries to get the person, whoever, he never tries to find out who put it up and have it taken up because that's a severe invasion of privacy. And I'm like, even like, because mm-hmm. they show like the thing, the scene with her cousin where her cousin is like, oh, he was with some girl. And she, and she just like, and, and I hate that because there's a whole thing where she and her sister mm-hmm. fist bump each other. They're, they're like, oh, I had, there's a video of me on the internet making up with my boyfriend. So that makes me cool. That's some BS. Well, her sister, and the last one, her sister was able to get it taken down. They filed a complaint because their Laura Jean is a minor. It's so not, they were able to get it taken you, down, but, but the cousin but, but saw it, but, it. But then it comes like, back right. because the sister, the cousin, the cousin saw it and remembered his face from barely even looking at the screen. And it was like, right. huh? She didn't even look at the screen like two seconds. And she's like, oh, that's the video. The guy was in the video with this girl. And then Laura Jean is all proud, but yeah, I'm the girl. Like, no, no. Well, I don't think she's. It's not. I don't think that no, she's she proud that she's, she's the girl. I think her she's. Sister. I think she's. Then she was like, "Oh, I'm cool no, now." No, but I think. No, I don't think it's that. It's just like it's the whole. The, her cousin thinks her. And she's she cool. shouldn't. So she's just like, oh, I am cool. And she shouldn't because her cousin. Right. That's her cousin. Her cousin. I don't think she should feel. That no, come on, Nisha. Okay, remember the cousin was like, "Oh, cool." And no, no, I'm saying added, I don't think she should feel yeah, cool. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't, I'm saying I don't think she should feel cool about being in the video. I'm saying it's that she felt cool because her cousin thinks but she's that, cool. But, and that's that where moment. I mean, her cousin should not think that that's cool. Right. And I thought, and that's where I'm like, you can tell a man right. directed that because like, no, her cousin should have been like concerned. She'd be like, "Are you okay? Like that something like this private is on the internet? What? Right." 
And I mean, like, again, this is what got to suspend belief. But like, no, in a normal situation, somebody would have been like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's an invasion of privacy. Whereas like, this is definitely a movie. And they're just like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, eh, no, it's not cool. That's wrong. It's really messed yeah. up. It's really messed up that their privacy got invaded. And it's really messed up that Jen didn't face any consequence for it. Like, at all. So it's just like, and Peter's protecting Jen because of like, oh, she's just going through a lot. She's going through a lot, but she's still a terrible person and she's still exactly. a bully. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I, it's, I hate that. We're just like, they're just going through a lot and they're acting out. I'm like, do you think that's fair? for them to act out their emotions on other people because they're going no. through a lot. And then Lara Jean forgives her and Jen doesn't even really apologize for it. I'm like, I didn't hear a no. sorry anywhere in there. Jen just faces no remorse and it's just like, I don't know. That's just a whole, I just, I that whole plot with Jen, I'm just kind of over it. I'm like, oh yeah, you don't win the guy back. Cool. That's your mm. punishment. But, it's just dumb. But, the realization of like, wow, Peter if Laura Jean hadn't come and he could totally be like yeah but I do love you and like I realize I loved you I'm like you realize you loved her but only because she showed up and Jen didn't show up and because of Jen's actions afterward like after all the stuff y'all been through you realize that you love Laura Jean and but not how, Jen. But even, but even, because... but even then, that still doesn't play the whole I love you thing because they only, so like, as we said at the beginning, no. the film takes up like a week after the events of the first film, which is basically in the, within the mm-hmm. same time frame, which, which technically would have been like two weeks after Jen uploaded a video and it was a whole thing online. Right. So like you, we a week ago, you were expecting another girl in the bathtub and you and Lara Jean right. got together purely by happenstance, and then you love her after dating for like what? I'm thinking the time frame between that is like what two, two and a half weeks. I know teenagers are fickle in their emotions, and like if for, like yes, Lara Jean, if anything, was more invested emotionally than him from the beginning, but still. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely more emotionally invested because she's a very she's a hopeless romantic, so she has this idea of how like this stuff will work like in an ideal setting but uh yeah again teenagers be fickle but that was like the thing with me i'm like i had to remind myself wow yes this is a very teenage know, movie because all of this has happened in the time frame of a, of a month but but it's 2020 <laughs> could we have a little bit more maturity and some realistic things like the, uh, like you mentioned like we were yeah. talking about she had we didn't see anything with her talking with margo and her friend chris her best friend chris is there that's when she could have talked about the whole situation with um with with mm-hmm. her feelings for John Ambrose and for Peter and she's mm-hmm. talking to Stormy said but then there's also the thing the only time you see her really talking with Chris is they're talking about mas- masturbation I'm like really is that is that your I mean concept? I kind of no, like I, that I, I don't part. have a problem with her talking about that that's my thing I mean but in that instance that's when she should have been like okay I'm also having these issues with Peter that's where um, that could have come up gotcha true I think that would have been really helpful for her to be able to have that moment with her to like actually feel like I mean honestly at any point because texting exists exactly like this isn't like this isn't some movie set in the 80s where they don't have cell phones she literally could have texted her friend to be like so here are my feelings and how I'm feeling with all this stuff going on with Peter and can you help me talk through it but that doesn't happen so I just feel like that would have been good if it actually happened because you know they're close they're best friends but they don't she wouldn't confide in her best friend about having doubts about her relationship and 
like like actually going into it versus just like oh let's just talk about you making sure you know how to please yourself before you have sex which, which again good to know as like a young woman who may be sexually active but at the same time uh, i just it it didn't hit me as well as as good as the last one yeah. did I um i still liked all the characters and the actors they did their yeah. jobs and they did like they did they did well with that. Um, I will say the part that did have me my fifis a little bit was at the end where like, so they all, they promised to not break each other's heart. And this is where the pessimist in me was just like, gonna break y'all gonna break each other's hearts. You know you're going to split yeah. up. Come on, come on TV. Come on film. We know you're going to break up. It's a rom-com. Heartbreak is, not, and not even like breaking up, but like heartbreak is a part of life when it comes to exactly. characters. Like heart heartbreak is inevitable when it comes to relationships and you can stay with someone and still have your heart broken but like that's a relationship like you may hurt each other not like in a an intentionally like you're going to argue you're going to go through rough patches and difficult times but like you are also teenagers so everything's going to feel more dramatic and crazy and like terrible because if you don't get a text message within the first hour of you sending one you're going to feel like you're breaking up so it's just like and this is just me like rambling off but like heartbreak is gonna happen so like you you know when they say that in the beginning of the movie like i promise not to break your heart i'm like you're gonna break each other's heart it happens you gotta work through it like relationships take work yeah that's the one thing um, you should never promise anyone because you'll break their heart even if not romantically like some way you'll betray Mm -hmm. them like you'll break break a promise you'll hurt them you'll say something angry and that's the one thing you don't do you don't promise i won't hurt you i won't break you because you will hurt like we say things in anger we disappoint people yeah because we're fallible we 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 we, we are mean to each other we're mean to ourselves and like that's and that's that's just life that's who we are human beings we suck uh, basically yeah. I mean we do we're not perfect I mean like uh, breakups will happen and having a breakup with someone does not mean you are lesser than or like you're not worthy of love it could just mean that you two are not meant to be together yeah. like stuff like that so it's just like and heartbreak happens like you said like it, making that promise is like setting people up for like for failure and it's because like you're gonna hurt each other's feelings at times. You're gonna have arguments sometimes. You're going to like be so upset and angry and just like lash out when you're upset. But you can't break up. Like when they have their first real fight, she's like, "So what does that mean? Do you want to break up?" I'm like, "Girl, y'all are just having a fight. You're not I'm breaking up. Fight. More like a squabble." <laughs> right. But um. So then. What is it that happens? I was going to say, oh, at the end, the part that got me, because I'm going to relate this to Frozen that I saw earlier this year, and I realize this is something I like to see in male characters in romance movies. Um, When he says, you can break my heart a million times, I took that as, like, he's not, he like, he knows it's worth it, like, being with someone, and, like, that's what my whole point about, like, heartbreak being a thing, and, like, not meaning to hurt each other intentionally, but, like, realizing there's going to be rough times in a relationship, or like there's gonna be stuff you gotta work through and like talk through and grow from and it kind of reminds me of like so did you see frozen too okay so when Kristoff says my love is not fragile and i was just like this movie wasn't about y'all relationship but i love that line my love is not fragile exactly like Christoph is that, a, is a, that is a great Christoph line. That is a real one. Like, 
he's I think he's my favorite character out of the whole franchise because even remember in the, even in the first one he was the one that was like wait you're in love with Stefan did you just meet him and like Christoph is a G he, he he's a real sense. one <laughs> He has the sense, but it's just like when he said, my love is not fragile. And I'm like, this is something I'm beginning to notice. I like to see in more male characters when they're in a romantic setting. Real, like, you can be vulnerable, but like, your love for someone is not fragile. Meaning that like, I can take, I can take, you know, like we're going to have rough Mm. times. I'm not going to run away at the first sign of, like at the first sight of a rough patch or things getting hard. I'll be here for you. And I was just like, that is good. This is growth. This is, this is good. We need more of this in male characters. I mean, I can think of like other ones I've seen, but I think it's really something because it makes me feel like, oh, a supportive man, a man is being supportive to a female character when she's going through something and it does not mean that they have to leave when things get rough or their relationship has to end when things get rough so him showing up and being there for her and him saying like you don't like driving in the snow so i came here i'm just like because you still care because you still love yeah, her so but that was the only part when i'm just like oh that was really yeah. sweet and that was cute and then that made me emotional um because i probably shouldn't have been watching this at 1 a.m mm. in the morning but i did <laughs> But who and on the and on Valentine's weekend, what what was I thinking? Um, but anyways, that is my final thoughts on it. Did you have any final thoughts? Uh, I like the film. It's fine. It's it's just fine. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. As I said, it's not as it wasn't as impressionable as the first film and as we said making sequels is hard but i think also because they changed the director and because they got a male director it 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 lost some of its um uniqueness this film felt very generic as one of my friends described it and the actors were really good i really like um jordan fisher who played john ambrose he was really good he was sweet his acting felt really natural he has really good chemistry with flana condor so um yeah, we kind of we kind of glanced over him. I'm sorry about that, but yeah, I, I liked him too. Nisha, your thing is gone. I can't hear you. Oh, yeah, can you hear me now? now? Okay, yeah, no, I just said like, oh yeah, we kind of glanced over him, but you know, he had yeah, good chemistry. He was a good actor. Yeah, he is. He he's been acting for a while, and I think this is his first feature role. So. Or I could be wrong. I think maybe his first or his second feature role. So he was really good. I really enjoyed him. Um, but yeah, that, I think he's probably my favorite thing about the film. Um, but again, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that they did the second film because it was really, it was, the first one was a really big hit. And like, it, it's a good representation for young Asian American girls. And it was good to see more people of color because um, we didn't mention like Trina, the mm. last new love interest. She's a woman of color too. And it was really good yeah. to see that they didn't get another white woman. <laughs> Um, and that actress is um, she's Sarayu Blue like she's very um, you if, if anyone that watches the film you recognize her she's been in a lot of films and a lot of TV shows but it was great to see um, oh yeah she was in a, I love her show um, I'm Sorry or oh, I have to look it up she was but it's, divorced a, actually, or something it's, like it's on NBC yeah let me see NBC show oh girl we have 42 minutes oh you can keep <laughs> Oh, look at us on time and everything. Okay, let's close it out with ratings. 
unless you did you have did, did you were you able to say everything uh, you had to say yeah no like it was fine the directing was odd they, they made some odd director choices there was a scene that bugged me and it had it was the scene where Lara Jean is getting ready and I think it's for the pet rally where she has on like her outfit and they're playing black pink which is a um a Korean um girl group um girl pop group and they cut the mm-hmm. song and first and first it's Kill This Love which is one of their most popular songs because it was from their second um mini album but the thing that bothered me is because that you know the song is Korean but there's like a few like the main hook is let's kill this love is in English and it bothered me that they cut it just before the Korean come on I'm like why are you gonna cut the song just before the Korean co- comes on and then cut it back to English that makes no sense and it sounded wrong and it didn't fit the scene that's it I did not notice it at all, but um, that's a great point to bring up. Yes. Well, (laughs) on that note, again, I'll say, like, I liked it. It just didn't hit me as as strong as the last one did. But, yeah. Like, we, I, everything Carolyn said, sequels are hard. (laughs) They are. So, with that, um, oh, yeah. Rating on a scale of one to five, one being terrible, five being perfect, I'm going to give this a three. I'm going to give it a three. It's a strong mm, three. I'll give it a two and a half. That is, yep. That sounds about right. But with that, we are out of here, y'all. Um, I will put all the information for the, well, information for where y'all can find us. Uh, Carolyn, if you want to tell them where you can fi- where they can find you. You can find me on social media, Twitter, and Instagram at CarrieCNH12, C-A-R-R-I-E-C-N-H-1-2. Um, you'll find our both mine and Nisha's work on the But Why the Podcast site under So Here's What Happened, where you can find our podcast recordings, our interviews, and our film reviews and TV show reviews. You can find my writing on Adam Tickets, Comics Beat, Sci-Fi Wire, and a whole host of other websites. You don't just Google my name. Um, y- y- yeah, there you go. I think yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> just Google her. <laughs> No, uh, I like that. Just Google her. Um, and as for me, yeah, you guys can also find me at Twitter at LA underscore NEY underscore SHA. And you can find anything I write about as of right now on Did You Have, not Did You Have To, that's my other podcast. <laughs> um, on But Why Though. Uh, but yeah, and you can also follow us on Twitter. The show is at SHWH underscore pod. And with that, we are out of here. Bye. Have a good Bye, weekend. Guys. Or a good week. Week. <laughs> <laughs> All right.